Good morning, everyone. As you know, we've been working through our sermon series about our core values here at Community of Grace Lutheran Church. And I have to say, in this very unusual time, I've seen how those values hold true, maybe in different ways than usual, but in how I see us living as Jesus' people in such a time as this. And our values are, Jesus makes us family, deep roots make good fruit, love pours out, and then today, invite first and next steps with Jesus. And we've seen how Jesus makes us family as groups in our church make an effort to connect with each other by phone and online as we try to encourage each other in this season. It's our love for one another as family that moves us to reach out in new ways to ask, how are you? And as I've been making phone calls this week, I've learned from some of our members that this time brings back memories of the polio epidemic when they were kids, remembering a whole summer when they were not allowed to leave their yards. So believe it or not, for some in our faith family, this is not their first quarantine rodeo. Many people in that generation, our faith family is going to be connected by phone in this time, and for many others, it's going to be online. And you might know about me that I am not a social media person. I never have been. But realizing how many people are connecting that way in this season, I have tried to step into the current century. And I have found out, surprise, I am really bad at it. When I found my Facebook page, I saw that there were some pictures there, and I thought, oh, neat. So I clicked on one of them, which was a wedding picture of my friend Molly and her husband, and then to my horror, discovered it had just somehow become my profile picture. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's going to confuse people a whole lot. So it took me a good 30 minutes to figure out how to fix what I'd done by accident. That is me. That is my current world right now a whole world out of my comfort zone. But when Jesus makes us family, sometimes we're called to move out of our comfort zones to be there for one another. So don't expect me to become a Facebook guru overnight, but I'm going to try. I do not love Facebook, but I love you. So there you go. Jesus makes us family. Here we go. Our second value is deep roots make good fruit. And I've seen that fruit as we find our comfort in the promises of Jesus, in going right to the Lord in our prayers with our fears and our hopes and our questions. Because knowing the solid rock of Jesus' promise of grace through the cross and resurrection of Jesus, that's essential to our peace. In this time when everything is changing, it's good to be deeply rooted in what does not change. And knowing the grace and the hope that that gives us, gives us the ability to draw from those riches to bless other people, which leads to the next value, love pours out. And as Kevin preached last week, it's on the website if you missed it, our love comes from Jesus' love first poured out for us, and then from that love we're called to be extensions of that love to the world. And also on the website, under media and then sermons, you can find Dan Lugo's Wednesday reflection on love pours out for March 18th, as well as a scripture guide for meditation and prayer. And we'll be posting those for the next two Lenten Wednesdays as well that you can use at home as you continue to meditate and pray. And this past Wednesday, as I was meditating on those texts at home, I had the news on in the background on mute. And the moment that I was speaking out loud the words of the Lectio Divina text from 1 John 3.18 from our website discussion sheet, uh, these were the words I was speaking. 
Our love should not just be words and talk, but true love that shows itself in action. And as I was speaking those words out loud, the image I was seeing on the screen was of a family all bundled up outside a care center window, singing happy birthday and holding up a sign that said, we love you, Dad. And I thought, true love shows itself in action. Love pours out. And in this season, we're going to have to be a little creative about it. But we're still called to let Jesus' love flow through us. And our website lists several ways that you can be a part of pouring out love uh, through us. So please check it out. Our world needs love now more than ever. Which, of course, leads to our value for today. Invite first and next steps with Jesus. Because it's not just our love that people need. It's his eternal promise and presence for them, wherever they are. And our gospel today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. So if you have your Bible handy, feel free to open up to John 1 and follow along. As you heard this lesson read a minute ago, you probably noticed there are several different interactions that happen in this passage, but each invitation leads to another invitation. And we start with John 1, 35 through 37. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples, When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So here, John the Baptist is modeling for us one way that we can invite others to take first and next steps with Jesus, and it's just by expressing what we know to be true about who Jesus is in our lives, without expecting anyone else to see him that way yet. You see, John knew that Jesus had been sent by God to change the world. He didn't want to keep that to himself. But pointing to Jesus didn't result in John huddling up with his disciples to explain to them what he knew about Jesus. It resulted in him releasing those people who had been following him to go follow Jesus instead. You want to know who he is? Well, don't ask me. Ask him. Watch him. Watch what he does. Find out for yourself. And they do. Are there ways in this season of quarantine that you can express who Jesus is to you in a way that invites other people to check out Jesus for themselves? Don't follow me. Follow Jesus. So let's pick up the story again with verse 37. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. So these two disciples, Andrew and the disciple that's probably John, became disciples of Jesus just by hanging out with him, spending time with him. And I've always been so curious what that time was like with Jesus. What was so life-changing that led them to be so sure this Jesus was the one they'd been waiting for? Because honestly, it sounds pretty uneventful. There's no record of any healings or any proof by miracles that happened in this time. It's just being with Jesus, which is actually pretty telling, isn't it? Jesus himself, his presence with us is what draws our hearts into joy and peace. And that's the way it was on that very first day, and that's the way it will be in heaven, in eternity, living in the Lord's personal and deep love for you, knowing that you are known, seeing 
that you are seen. That's life in Jesus' love. And who's invited into it? All who will come. Come and you will see, Jesus says. And they do, and they're never the same. When something brings you joy or comfort, you want to share it, right? It's the very same impulse that leads people to forward images of puppies to each other or to share the funny videos, right? When something blesses us, we want to share it. Which, if you're trying to school your kids at home for the first time and you need a laugh, I would recommend the Holderness family parody of the song Africa that's called Algebra. When I saw it, I laughed out loud. What blesses us, we want to share, right? So back to sharing Jesus. Let's take a look at verse 41 and 42. The first thing Andrew did was find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So again, notice Andrew doesn't try to do any convincing. He just brings Simon to Jesus, and it's Jesus who tells him, you are Peter, you are the rock. And for a man of Peter's personality, what intrigues him first about Jesus is that Jesus sees potential in him. Jesus is calling him to be the person that he has always wanted to be, and Jesus already sees it in him. And seeing that, Peter's in. Now, somewhere along the way, Peter actually comes to love Jesus, too, for Jesus' sake. But Jesus knows Peter's heart, knows his strengths, knows his weaknesses. He knows what Peter needs, just as he knows all of that about you. And today, he also invites you to come to him to know who you are, who you're meant to be. Because following Jesus doesn't make us less of ourselves, but more. Do you know someone today who might need your encouragement to see themselves the way that Jesus sees them? Who might you tell today about the good that you see in them? How might you invite them to come to see how Jesus sees them too? And the invitations just continue. In verse 43, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Here, Philip is directly invited by Jesus himself. And for some people today, that's their story too, that their first step with Jesus was a deeply spiritual encounter with him that involved nobody else. And those kind of stories can be very powerful. So if that's your story, don't be afraid to share it. But notice, even though Philip was directly invited by Jesus, he doesn't assume that's the only way that it's done. He doesn't just sit back and wait to see who else Jesus will directly invite. Instead, like Andrew, he passes on the invitation to those around him, starting with his friend Nathaniel, who seems at first like a pretty unlikely candidate. Let's pick it up at verse 44. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida, Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Now, obviously, Philip could have taken offense at this, because not only was Nathanael's attitude directly insulting toward Jesus, who he had never met, 
but it was also vaguely insulting toward Philip's intelligence, right? <laughs> Since Philip was the one who was expressing all this enthusiasm about Jesus. But Philip doesn't get offended, and he doesn't argue. He just echoes the invitation, come and see for yourself. Because Philip has confidence that Jesus is going to care about Nathaniel right where he is. And he does. Jesus isn't phased by Nathaniel's skepticism. In fact, where we might see jaded rudeness, Jesus just sees honesty. And Jesus calls it virtue. The first thing he says to Nathaniel is, I appreciate the fact that you're a straight shooter. Or as it actually says in the text in verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Now this is so important for us to notice when it comes to inviting people to know Jesus. Jesus is not threatened by questions. In fact, when Nathanael comes to him with his real doubts, the things that stand in the way of him being able to believe that Jesus actually is who he says he is, Jesus' response to him says, I appreciate that you're someone who will dare to be honest with me because now we can go somewhere real together. The truth is you can only take a next step with Jesus from where you actually are. It's no good pretending you're on step 20 trying to get to step 21 when you're actually at minus two. And there's no good reason to pretend any differently because the fact is Jesus will meet you at minus two and he'll help you move to minus one if you'll trust him to meet you where you actually are. Jesus is courageous enough to dare to meet us at our greatest need Facing our sin, our rightful judgment and death himself, facing wrongful accusation and bearing the punishment of torture and death on a cross for your sake. He did that for you. He's not going to be scared off by your questions. And as disciples of Jesus, we can't be afraid of people's questions either. Jesus' response to the Nathaniels of the world is, let them come real because that's the only way any of us will grow. See, a disciple is a student learner, and our lifelong journey is to be student learners of Jesus, the Master. And as inviters, as fellow students, we have to be okay with not having all the answers for those that we invite, because honestly, that's not our job. And if we think that we have to have an answer to every question, we actually might prevent the people we're inviting to Jesus from going to Jesus himself with their questions. And meeting Jesus himself, that's where we start to realize that the black and white answers are not actually what we're looking for, but the relationship with the Lord who loves us and will carry us even when we don't know or can't absorb the answers. So if you've been trying to play the role of Bible answer man, you can put that down for a season and try instead the approach of come and see. Don't ask me, ask Jesus. Go to him yourself. I'll go with you if you want. But then tell me what you think he's saying in Scripture and in prayer because we're both learning together from the Master. And the answers are not actually the goal. Relationship with Jesus is and real relationships can't be formed without the freedom to ask our real questions, no matter how raw they are. 
And in the world as it is today, I'm sure there are a lot of people asking questions about faith, about who Jesus is, about what God is doing right now, and why, and how, and what does this all mean? And honestly, those answers are above my pay grade. (laughs) And yours too, by the way. But we always answer not from what we don't know, but from what we do. And what we do know is Jesus came to bring hope and comfort for the broken, the lost, and the hurting, to be Savior, Redeemer, and friend to all who will come to him, to give us a hope that's bigger than us or anything of this earth. You see, Jesus invites us first to take our first and next steps with him because he first stepped into our world and into our lives to make for us a new beginning that does not depend on us taking the right steps. He took them for us into death and into new life so that as we walk this life with him, we can know that way has already been laid for us. You see, the purpose of these steps is not to get us to achieve something, Jesus has already achieved what we need for us. He is our Savior. The purpose of taking these steps with Jesus is like Andrew and John to come to know the one who is walking with us. Like Peter to see who we are and who he sees in us and who we can be with him. Like Philip to know that we are wanted and called Like Nathaniel, to know that we don't have to come having it all figured out, but we can come with our very real doubts and questions because Jesus is big enough to walk us through them in his grace. Jesus says to you today, he came to be your Savior, and he invites you personally, come and see, beloved. Not to this building, not to me, to Jesus. So what is the next step Jesus is calling you to take with him today? Wherever you are on your discipleship journey as a student learner of Jesus, whatever it is that you are wrestling with today, honestly bring it to Jesus. Ask him to help you navigate it. Ask the Holy Spirit for power to hear and to see the step that Jesus took for you through his love on the cross to give you the courage to trust him for what's next in your walk of faith with him. And if you haven't developed a practice of intentional Bible reading and prayer, this Lent is the perfect time to start. I'd recommend the book of Luke if you're looking for a gospel. And whether you're alone in your home or there's a lot of people in your home, we all need times of solitude with the Lord. So if you have kids bouncing off the walls, here is my spiritual prescription. Pastor Angie said you all need time alone with the Lord. You can blame it on me. Figure out a way for each one of you to have some time alone for reflection and confession, for receiving times of refreshing from the Lord, to receive what it is that he has for you. Because like Andrew and the other disciple, you need time to hang out with him a bit, to notice what he's up to in you. And that takes some reflective space. Ask Jesus what's the next step of relationship with him that he's inviting you into. Use the online resources we've provided or... Today, from 10.30 to noon, you can swing by for drive-by communion or prayer. Um, And we would love to see you, to help nourish you, to be fed on the promise of Jesus for you. Take your next step in discipleship. And then secondly, because our value is to invite first and next steps of Jesus, we want to ask who can you encourage in this season to take their next step with Jesus, whatever that might look like for them. 
So what could that look like? Well, first, it might be just as simple as asking the Lord to put someone on your heart and then calling them or sending them an email or an encouraging thought. Share with them something that mattered to you in your devotional time. And if they scoff at you and call you foolish, can anything good come from that Nazarene? Don't get mad or offended. Just invite them to check them out for themselves. Let them be who they are in their questions on their journey. Let the same Jesus who spoke to you call to them. But let them know Jesus wants to meet them right where they are. Because often it's when things are darkest that we most clearly see our need for the light. Inviting others into a next step with Jesus for you might be a little closer to home this season. If you're at home with family, this is the perfect time to go deeper as a family with your faith journey. For refuge students and families, on our website, student ministry page, Melinda has downloaded a 12-minute video lesson and some resources to connect with them that you can engage as a family, all about finding Jesus in the dark times. And the one posted this week is the first of a three-part series you can connect with each week. And if that sounds interesting to any of you who are not refuge students, feel free to check it out too. And for our children and families, we have Sunday school lessons in a bag for pickup from now through Easter. Uh, if you want those supplies to work on for Sunday school at home, we want to equip you to be able to understand Jesus' love for you as a whole family together. And you can pick those up as well today as you come by church or any time through the week. And then for our seniors, our senior newsletter is being mailed out in April, and it will contain some devotional helps and practices for Holy Week, as well as information on how to connect with resources online. And if you know of people who don't have online access, please let us know so we can send them paper materials and encourage their discipleship growth wherever they are in this season. Jesus first stepped into our world to save us, and greater love has no one than this. And that same Lord of love invites you to walk this life with him. And we can only take that next step from where we actually are right now. So as you follow Jesus in your next steps of discipleship, I believe that we're going to see Jesus do some amazing things in this time. So as you encounter those stories, we'd love to hear about them. Because next week is our final value, be the church in the world. And Pastor Darren would love to hear from you this week in ways that you've seen people be the church in the world, that you've been able to be the church in the world yourself, or experienced other people being the church in the world for you. So we can celebrate those stories together next week. So feel free to email Darren at gracepeople.church or call the church office and help us celebrate together as we follow our Master Jesus in these days ahead, trusting that he is faithful to lead us forward in his love. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for calling us to come and see who you are. Thank you for inviting us to walk this life with you and for the saving work you've done for us through the cross so that we might walk with you both now and forever. And help us who have been invited to know your love become inviters until all this world knows your presence and your peace for themselves. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.